0: Welcome to the Medical Insider podcast, where we highlight real life solutions to your health challenges, incorporate new technology and proven solutions from the past with a healthy dose of common sense, while resisting the pitfalls of idiopathic classifications and economically based medical doctrine. This is your host, Dr. Thomas Santucci. Let's get started. Welcome to the Medical Insider. I want to continue on with another excerpt from my book on engineering medical miracles. Again, this was a book I wrote about seven years ago, and it's becoming prophetic for what's actually turning out to be some big changes in medicine. And when we were looking at the world in those days, we were looking at the so-called diseases of modern men. And the diseases of modern men are new things that we've created a new generation of people with different rules. And you can see it every day in the way the world is set up now. The autoimmune reaction is significantly higher to, you know, up to the hundreds of percents worse than it was before. We're looking at levels of stress that are unprecedented in, you know, humanity. And then we're looking at levels of toxins and interrelationships of complex diseases and and now viruses that are really complicating our world. So when we look at the diseases of modern men, the new set of challenges to our health are taking the form of ever more complex conditions that do not confine themselves to one body system or one type of medicine. So what are these? Chronic fatigue syndrome, peripheral neuropathy, fibromyalgia, which, you know, used to be a junkyard diagnostic and sort of came into favor, then out of favor, thyroid disease, which continues to be underdiagnosed, Alzheimer's, dementia's, Celiac disease and autistic spectrum conditions routinely go unresolved in this country. As different groups focus on them, they get momentary, usually for a couple years, focus, but then we don't really do anything about it. Across the board, U.S. progress on major health initiatives has essentially been fruitless. The national statistics are no better today for resolution of diabetes, cancer, or cardiac conditions than they were 50 years ago. Diabetes in particular is on the rise. So instead of revolutionizing medicine, some of the new technology has just made it more expensive. In the technology section, we're going to go and do a deep dive on on why that's important. Because I actually think that there is technology that is available now today that would change this. It's just not the things that your insurance company will reimburse. So why do we care? Why are we looking at this? Because no other set of conditions has highlighted the shortfalls of specialist-based standard of practice medicine like these diseases of modern man. So when we're looking at this, it's always important, you know, back to a functional medicine, antecedents, triggers, and modulators. Why is this going on? And if an entire population takes a turn for the worst, the very first thing you're going to look at is environmental conditions. And you're going to look at environmental conditions conditions that we don't normally think are that important. We're going to look at food. We're going to look at electromagnetics and then we're going to look at different kinds of toxins and negative energies. All of which, you know, you could classically, you know, put in a, you know, kind of overly environmentally concerned hippie-ish kind of mind frame. What's happening the deeper we get into and I mean the deep subspecialties that are really good at fixing these things, they start saying things like what you eat, how much you exercise, your mindset, and your ability to detoxify are all major contributors for one, how badly you you experience these diseases, but also maybe whether you get them at all. So again, one of the rules that we first you know established here is that everything counts. It reminds me of a professor in college, and he would give three-hour lectures, and about 20 times during the lecture, he would say, this is the most important part that you really have to pay attention to. Well, that's what this is. Because minimalism's pervades the conventional thinking on toxins, I think it's useful to provide some details on some of the sources of poisons and autoimmune triggers in our country. When we were testing HLA-DQB1 gene type food antigens, these aren't food allergies, these are DNA level antibody reactions to gluten, dairy, egg, and soy. What we found is that 98% of the people that we tested had an active antibody reaction to the current level and quality of food in the United States. This is huge. So most people view, you know, food antigen or food allergies, if you will, and these aren't allergies, by the way, allergies are an IgE reaction. So that's like, and they can be serious, like they can cause anaphylaxis, but these other things literally set you up for autoimmune diseases. So when we've got this huge increase in autoimmune diseases, the very first place we're going to look is environmental stimuli. And the very, very first place we're going to look at is food. So when we're looking at the GMO Monsanto wheat, which parenthetically, it's always interesting to me to, to look at other countries' viewpoints. You know, A lot of times in conventional medicine, when we don't get the right answer, we're going to look at Japan, and then we're going to look at Western Europe, and then we're going to look at any place that has research facilities in the rest of the world and see what their opinions are and how far they've gotten. So China, India, Russia, Western Europe will not let U.S. grain into their countries, will not let the gmo wheat into our country, but we feed it to our children and our old people. We also have the highest increase in autoimmune diseases on the planet. So with a lot of diagnostics is common sense and smoke and fire. And so... We can't say for sure that we you know, we have complete causality, but there certainly is a correlation to how Americans eat and how sick we are. In our clinic, we almost test and take almost everyone off of gluten and dairy because those molecules are proven incompatible with most of the ill people. And when the well people stop doing them, they get more well. So we think that that's kind of a no-brainer. In the San Francisco Bay Area, where we are in the Silicon Valley, one can readily be exposed to heavy metals in the form of arsenic, lead, mercury from the bay. All you have to do is eat oysters from the San Francisco Bay, and you will get all of those substances, dioxin, BHA, BHT, in the food, as well as petroleum and chemical additives and from. Not just pumping your own gasoline, but just by breathing. So all you have to do is physically be there. Tissue biopsies are regularly turning up styrene, which is a form of styrofoam in our tissues. That one got me. So the EPA National Human Adipose Tissue Survey for 1986 identified styrene in virtually all samples of human fat tissues taken in 1982 in the United States. From the perspective of the past, it seems like an improbable or inflated list of environmental risks. Unfortunately, this is a situation that we've either inherited or created our, for ourselves and our families. So in the last hundred years, we've acutely raised the global toxicity levels by approximately 40%. It's probably worse now. All over the world's air and all over the world's ocean. Little by little, these little pockets of consciousness are being created. What is failing to be created is an overall consciousness that says, as a total, we're living in an environment that exceeds our liver's capability, our astroglia of our brain's capability to detoxify. And we have direct communication with mm-hmm antigen antibody responses that are creating autoimmune diseases decreasing our immunity in general and creating really the precursors for these diseases of modern men so the last thing in the world you want to think is that they just come from nowhere everything has a cause and in this particular case the environmental toxins are the number 1 reason with food probably being you know a very very close second to the reason that our community is so sick continuing on if we look at the levels of stress in modern American society, stress is going to utilize a system which is really like an adrenaline system. So the, it's, a, it's a bimodal system. You're in active reaction to stress. So we have the so-called fight or flight. And it really doesn't have a lot of dimensions beyond that. Did you want to kill the thing or did you want to run away? hardly an appropriate reaction if you have stress at work. So what happens is, is that cortisol levels rise in, in, in reaction to stress. What cortisol does is it actually causes the blood to go from the central part of your body out to your arms and your legs, literally, so you could fight or run. What it also does is it turns off your digestion and turns off your immunity. These systems, we believe, were originally designed to work, you know, in extreme cases. So their famine, being attacked by the other tribe, that kind of thing. They turn off sex hormones. Nature doesn't want you to procreate when, when there's no food. And they turn on And they allow a more limbic response, the reptilian part of the brain, to begin to manifest itself. You become a much better fighter. You become a much worse thinker. And you also become a much worse defender against disease. So one of the contributing factors to increases in autoimmune susceptibility, we believe, is the extra stress. When we're testing that on people, I used to think, oh, we're in the Silicon Valley. If a person's here and they're breathing, then they're high cortisol. The levels of cortisol we're getting on objective testing are so high that they're actually correlating with early death. So with that elusive heart attack that is hormonally based that happens at 10 o'clock in the morning. So the most common heart attack that there is. So when we're looking at stress, it's not just another hygiene item. It's not just another... Oh, you know, again, you live in the Silicon Valley. So remember, money and work are the number one reasons for stress, but they're all really dealing with survival. So when we're testing the DHEA cortisol levels, we can actually come in and do some biochemical interventions there. So we do think that there are some clinical interventions that are sensible not drug related, but you know, those are things you can do with, with, you know, with nutraceuticals, which are, you know, organic foods that are concentrated. So there are some things you can do chemically there, but mostly what you have to do is create a situation where you're controlling your own cortisol levels that cascades into other things like testosterone or estrogen, some of the sex hormones. We think that stress you know, increases in cortisol can come into the sex hormone cascade and radically diminish Sex hormones, especially in females. So one of the reasons we've got more autoimmune diseases in the hormone levels of women is the one they have a much, much more precise sensitive system, but also because it's interrupting the normal ovulation cycles and really changing the way reproduction and, you know, uh, the cascade of the, of the sex hormones. So generally, when we react to stress with anger and anxiety, This can turn into depression and fatigue over time because of this overuse of the system. Again, the system was made to be employed a couple of times a month, not a couple of times a morning. So This conversion depends on the level of reserves That we maintain to combat the stressors. And I think this is a key point. One of the reasons we have a huge distribution and the affect of different conditions is we're all walking around with different levels of reserve. So those people that have, you know, kept Healthy, they've eaten good food, they have good mindfulness habits, and they've they've sort of stayed active at 60 or 70 are fine. Those people that have deconditioned and are eating a bad diet and are kind of negative all the time aren't so fine. And because at a cellular level, they've used up their reserves. We see this in pregnancies, you know, there's a lot of complication in the second pregnancy, a lot of increase in autoimmune disease in the third trimester of the second pregnancy, because that woman is out of cellular reserves. So maintaining your cellular reserves, and again, it seems like an esoteric, almost amorphous, almost like ridiculously detailed thing, is probably one of the preconditions for living a long, healthy life. When we meet again, we're going to go into some of the other preconditions and then what you can do about it. Thanks for listening to the Medical Insider Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you visit medicalinsider.com. Go ahead and sign up for these episodes. Get them sent directly to your inbox. Do us a favor and give us a like.